Hello, everybody. It's Darren from Divorced and Done. I'm here by myself because Rob is away on holidays. I was on TikTok and I got a really great comment from someone after I posted a video describing a case summary about a family law matter. In other words, I was doing a video about a recent judgment that came down from a court and the person asked, when does this become effective? How does this work? And I thought that's a really great question. It's an opportunity here for us to talk a little bit about how our courts work, how our laws work, how our legislatures work, and the interaction between all of it. Of course, everything we talk about here is not legal advice or opinion. It's just me talking with you. Hopefully we have some fun. Let's get after it. I am no historian, but in order to understand where our laws come from, we have to think a little bit about where we came from as a country. So Canada's legal system is based on English and French legal systems. Explorers and colonists brought these systems to Canada in about the 17th and 18th centuries. And finally, after the Battle of Quebec, way back in 1759, our country fell under English common law. We'll talk about what common law means later. Except for Quebec, which follows a civil law system, which I won't go into in detail, but it's basically a legal system where there are extensive codes, statutes that set out the laws that govern the people and courts have very little discretion to do anything on their own. They must follow the code. So Quebec follows a civil law tradition, and the rest of Canada follows English common law traditions. Canada was thus settled mostly as a British colony, and in 1867, of course, we get our Constitution, our British North America Act, which allowed us to pass our own legislation in Canada and not have to rely on legislation from England. So the BNA Act, British North America Act, is important because it's when we really view the birth of our country, of Canada. And it establishes two levels of government in Canada, a federal government based out of Ottawa, and at that time, four provincial governments. And those are, here's your quiz. Do you remember all four? Ontario. Quebec, Nova Scotia, and drumroll, New Brunswick. You've got all four bonus points to you. But we have a federal government, and we have at that time four provincial governments. Of course, we have all of our provinces now. But they had a division of powers set out in the BNA Act. So it said basically that the pertinent provisions are sections 91 and 92. The federal government can pass these types of laws about this type of stuff. An example is criminal law. We have a federal criminal code because that rests within the exclusive jurisdiction of our federal government to pass laws about criminal matters under the BNA Act. And the provinces can pass laws about these other things. Those include things like property rights. So you see a bunch of provincial legislation amongst the various provinces in Canada dealing with property, including natural resources. The provinces have exclusive jurisdiction to deal with natural resources. So we get the BNA Act. We are a British colony. We get some independence in 1867. So 
that gets us through, gets us to being a country. But the BNA Act also sets out types of courts in Canada. So there are superior level courts established at each province that have uh, basically what we call inherent jurisdiction. They can do a whole bunch of stuff. So those are the courts we now see in our provinces. If you live in British Columbia, for instance, where I live, that is the Supreme Court of BC. If you live in Alberta, it's the Court of King's Bench. If you live in Ontario, it's the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. And you can go through all the provinces and they have their own distinct names. Many of them are actually called Court of King's Bench, what was Queen's Bench before the Queen's passing. So these courts have inherent jurisdiction and they are uh, sort of a default court, if you will, for the provinces. But the BNA Act also allows the provinces to establish their own provincial level courts. So each province has its own provincial court. So that's typically called the, for instance, in BC, British Columbia Provincial Court, Alberta Provincial Court, and so on. And so these courts have their own type of jurisdiction as well. Whew, that's enough history for one day. I applaud you if you made it through that without falling asleep. But it's important because we know from that we have a federal government established under the British North America Act. We have our provincial governments established under the British North America Act. And we have our courts also established under the British North America Act. So what do the courts, the provinces, and the federal government, how do they all work together to create our laws? So let's call the federal government and the provincial governments legislatures. They pass legislation or statutes. We mostly send elected officials to those two levels. We elect our members of our legislative assembly provincially, and we also elect our uh, lower level of our parliament, the House of Commons. We send uh, our elected representatives to the House of Commons. And at both levels, the elected members draft legislation, they introduce the legislation, and it's ultimately passed after a couple of readings. The procedures vary by province, but the, the gist is a piece of legislation is drafted, it's introduced into the uh, legislature, and it's debated by those that are elected, and it's ultimately passed after a number of readings at the federal government level legislation has to pass through our Senate. Now, our senators are unelected, unlike the United States. Actually, many of us probably don't know any senators that are sitting at any given moment. Uh, I certainly don't know all of the senators, but um, we have a Senate, and so the legislation at the federal level passes through the Senate. The gist is we get these pieces of legislation, these statutes that are passed, and they govern us. So at the federal government level, we have federal statutes. One of them is the Divorce Act, because under the BNA Act, the federal government has exclusive jurisdiction to deal with divorce. So we have a Divorce Act. And the Divorce Act says all sorts of things. It imposes requirements on people going through a divorce, and it also imposes requirements on courts when they're de deciding divorce matters. So the legislation, the statute here, is doing two things. It governs you and it governs the courts. Let me give you an example of both. Divorce. So the Divorce Act says in order to get a divorce order, you have to live separate and apart for one year. 
That's the main way to get divorced in this country. So you have to live separate and apart from your spouse for an entire year before a court will grant your divorce order. That's a requirement that the federal government imposes on you, the individual. But under Section 16 of the Divorce Act, the court says that if, or excuse me, the, the legislation says, if a court is hearing a disputed matter about parenting time in a divorce matter, it must only, the court must only consider the child's best interest. So that's a duty that the federal government has imposed on our courts. So statutes do a lot of things, and we have hundreds of statutes at any given moment that are governing all of us. We have a criminal code passed federally that tells us a bunch of stuff that we can't do. We can't kill people. We can't steal from people. We can't break and enter into places. That's the criminal code. There's all sorts of statutes that are governing us at any given moment. There's provincial or even municipal statutes that govern us. Municipal statutes, things like bylaws. We can't have a bunch of trash on our lawn. We can't have a bunch of cars parked on our lawn. We have to cut our lawn. All these things that are imposed on us. So statutes are very powerful. And the only way that a statute can be abolished or altered is if the government that passed the statute modifies it or or abolishes it, or a court steps in and says this statute is unconstitutional. So we talked previously about the British North America Act. If we fast forward all the way up to 1982, we finally got something called a Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Unlike the British North America Act, which sets out a division of powers between our federal government and our provincial governments, our Charter of Rights and Freedoms establishes rights and freedoms that we as individuals in Canada have vis-a-vis our government. So these are things that say we have a right to do this and do that. We have a right to freedom of expression, for instance, uh, freedom of, of assembly, and the government can't take these things away. Only if a piece of legislation is deemed unconstitutional under the charter can it be struck down by a court. And typically those matters are handled at superior level courts. They may ultimately ascend all the way up to the Supreme Court of Canada. Those are statutes in a nutshell. But let's talk about the common law. We said we were going to talk about that. We've inherited this legal tradition and uh, way of doing our and handling our legal problems in our courts in Canada. So what is the common law? Well, our courts exist to help resolve disputes between people, either individuals or an individual and the government. So disputes between individuals. If you're going through a divorce or family law matter, there's a dispute between you and your ex-spouse, perhaps, about one of the divorced and done steps, parenting time, division of property, all those sort of things. So if you can't resolve those issues, you can ask a court to solve those issues for you. And a court has jurisdiction to do that. And a court in deciding your issues has to follow statutes that impose duties on them. We've talked about the Divorce Act in governing courts and how they resolve parenting matters. They must only consider the best interest of a child in a divorce proceeding because that duty is imposed on the court by a statute. But if there is no statute that governs a legal principle, Courts can make their own laws, and we have lots of laws that courts have made, and courts have to follow the laws once they make them. It's called a precedent. So that's the gist of a common law. The common law is all about courts following 
prior court decisions or legal principles that are uh, put out in prior court judgments. Legal tests, if you will. So uh, a recent example is uh, a court in Alberta, the Court of Appeal, abolished a prior standing law, common law there, interpreting the federal child support guidelines on imputation of income, so imputing income to a payor of child support. There was a body of law in Alberta interpreting the federal child support guidelines on that issue, and the Court of Appeal re-looked at that legal principle, and it said, we don't like that legal principle anymore, so we're going to abolish that, and we're going to set a new legal principle or legal test when looking at imputing income in this province. And the court had jurisdiction to do that. There was no statute imposed on the court by the federal government through the Divorce Act or the provincial government through the Provincial Family Law Act. So there was sort of this gap in the law, and the court stepped in and said, we're going to make a law. But unlike a statute, the law takes the form of a written opinion of the court. And if you're listening to this, you may or may not be familiar with Canli, C-A-N-L-I-I dot org, canli.org, you can look up all the written opinions of courts across this country dating back a number of decades. And there's thousands of them, thousands of written opinions. And when you read written opinions, oftentimes, almost always what you'll see is the court referencing prior court decisions and saying, I'm bound to follow this decision from this court from a decade ago, and it'll reference the decision and the legal analysis put forward in that decision. So this has nothing to do with the statute. It's just a court saying, this is a legal principle. I must follow it. It was established by this court or a court above me. That could be the Supreme Court of Canada, which is our highest court in this country. So to bring it all back and to summarize this neatly, if you will, we have provincial governments, we have the federal government, they pass statutes. They can pass statutes so long as they're constitutional under our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. If they're not constitutional, a court can step in and say, this legislation violates our charter. For instance, if a government passed legislation saying, no one can assemble in a group to protest us, the government, that would run afoul of the charter. And a court would likely step in and say, that's unconstitutional, that legislation is struck down. Courts exist for more than that, though. They primarily exist to resolve disputes between people. Courts have duties imposed on them, number one, by statutes that are passed from our provincial and federal government, imposing duties on them and what they do and how they decide issues. But they, the courts also are bound by binding precedent. Those legal principles that are not set out in a statute, but rather have been set out by prior decisions of that court. That's called binding precedent. That's our common law. I hope that makes sense. If you have questions about our legal system, about our divorce laws, about anything I discussed on this podcast, you can always send us, Rob and I, questions to our email, lawyerstalkingaboutdivorce at gmail.com or speakpipe.com slash divorcedanddone. You can send us a 90-second voicemail. We'd love to get your feedback, your thoughts, your questions. We love answering questions on this podcast. And Rob will be back soon, so you won't just hear my voice. You'll hear the lovely banter between Rob and I. We love doing that. We're going to try and complete the rest of this year, putting out as many episodes as we can, because we know you guys love it, and we love the Divorce and Done community. Thanks, guys.